Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today, we are going to be talking about all of the events from Monday, July 5th of 2021. And uh, you guys, I think I was a little bamboozled this week by uh, the amount of things that are going to actually end up happening. Um, So it seems like it might be a busier week than I expected, which is fine and good, actually. Um, Just different than I prepared for, because... I was expecting, like, the Netherlands and Spain to kind of keep us going, and it turns out we have something in, like, the majority of countries. Not in every country, but the majority of them have a little something. Um, yeah, like, we're missing Scandinavia, which I knew that was going to be the case, but... Uh, Something in Belgium, something in the UK, the Netherlands, and in Spain. So, we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about those four countries. Um, I'm not going to do a Belgian segment because there just isn't a ton there. Um, So, we're just going to talk about it in the intro. So, today, King Philippe swore in the Attorney General of the Liege Court of Appeals. Um, Liege is a municipality in Belgium. Um, and the minister, the Belgian minister of justice was also present. Um, and then afterwards, King Philippe held his weekly audience with the prime minister. So I fully, like, did not expect to see the Belgians this week at all. And in all honesty, this might be it. Um, their calendar, from what I'm remembering, is still super light. Um, like, also known as there's nothing on it. But, um, you know, and that's been the case. Like, things aren't getting announced super quickly, which, okay. Um, so that is a piece of the puzzle. Um, actually, you know what? It looks like they've added some things for the week, which is new. Um, yeah, they've added some things. So that's, that's interesting. Um... Yeah, so there are some things now this week. I'm not sure how busy it'll be, but there are some events on the calendar. So that'll be a little bit of variety. Um, And so with that, we are going to move over now to the British royal family. things going on today. Um, So the biggest is today was the 73rd anniversary of the NHS or National Health Service in the UK. Um, And so there were a few different things to mark that occasion. Um, So first thing this morning, it was announced that Queen Elizabeth has presented the George Cross to the NHS. 
um, which is the highest non-military award for courage. Um, it was created in 1940 um, after the war, or during the war rather, to um, reward bravery during the Blitz and just during the war in general. Um, and so it's pretty rare for the George Cross to be given to an organization in its entirety. Um, it's only happened twice before. Um, once being to the entire country of Malta during the war. And then also um, to the Northern Ireland, I think, police force during the attacks um, and during the troublesome time in the 90s when a lot of stuff was happening between Ireland and Northern Ireland. Um, so that happened. And then this for the NHS, of course, for the past 15 months that we've been really living in this pandemic and, um, you know, frontline workers and healthcare workers are at the highest level of it and experiencing the most of it, um, even still, of course. Um, so that is what was um, going on there. And then there were a couple of other events today that the Duke of Cambridge attended. So the Duke of Cambridge is the royal patron of uh, the NHS charities, along with the Duchess of Cambridge, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, so he attended today a service of Thanksgiving um, and a reception at Buckingham Palace with NHS charities. Um, I think it was called like the NHS Big T or something like that, but it was um, just a way for organizations to come together and thank the NHS um, for their efforts in all times, but specifically in the past 15 months that we've been living in a pandemic. So, um, the Duchess of Cambridge was supposed to attend all of this as well, but she has uh, landed herself in some isolation due to exposure to a patient uh, COVID person, uh, someone who had COVID. Um, so as of right now, everything's fine. She's te she tested negative. She is feeling fine, but just a precaution, she's going to be in isolation, um, just in case she were to develop any symptoms. Um, so as to not spread further, which, um, is really sad and kind of takes her out of some events that I thought she might go to this week, like, uh, to the, to the England Denmark game on Wednesday, like, um, and Wimbledon this week, like things like that, but such is life and we are still living in a pandemic and what a great reminder that, yeah, we are still living in a pandemic. It's not as intense and all of that, but like it is still a thing. So, um, that was really sad. It was, it was really strange. It was like, I went to bed knowing that these events were going to happen with her in attendance and I woke up to the news that she was now in isolation. It was just a very like, oh, okay, never mind, kind of thing. Um, so anyway, that was the first event in the UK. And then uh, today also marked the start of Wales week. So last week was Scotland week for Queen Elizabeth. This week is Wales week for the Prince of Wales and possibly the Duchess of Cornwall. I haven't, she, uh, didn't have any engagements today, but they said, like, in the social media post that it was their royal highnesses, so I would assume 
she'll be taking on some engagements as well, but for sure it is uh, Charles's week in Wales. So he today had a um, a busy schedule. He took on three-ish, like it was three and a half kind of um, engagements. So he visited the Iceland supermarket, which was very concerning. Uh, what here? Okay, just a little like I have no boundaries kind of thing in terms of like work-life balance. I wake up and I check Twitter because I know that a lot of the things that I talk about are typically happening like right as I'm waking up or have already happened if they're morning things. Um, so I check Twitter first thing and I'm usually still pretty tired. Like I'm just waking up kind of thing. Um, so seeing that the Prince of Wales was at the Iceland, Iceland supermarket was super confusing this morning until I like got my wits about me and had some coffee. <laughs> Um, no, I actually don't use coffee to wake up. I drink coffee, um, but that's a rather new development in my life. Like, I've been drinking coffee for a month. Not a big thing. Um, and it was just really interesting that that's how my brain worked was like, wait, the Prince of Wales is in Iceland? What an odd place to be. Turns out it's just a supermarket in Wales. Um, and so the focus on that during that visit was the, um, the Iceland supermarket is working on going plastic free. So like going more sustainable. So all of their like store brand will go plastic free by 2023, which is really soon. Um, so he visited that. He also saw like the warehouse. So this was all kind of like, they called it a whistle stop tour of Iceland supermarket. So like he saw different facets. That's why I'm like, it was three and a half because the other two like pieces had to do with the same visit. So I'm calling it three and a half. Um, but then next he visited the walk, walk hard, walk heart. I don't know. Uh, vaccine factory, which is currently producing 300 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, so they're able to produce, I think it said like 150,000 vials a day. Um, which equals out to about 1.5, my math could be very wrong on this, but I think it equals out to about 1.5 million doses. Because I think there's 10 doses in a vial, but I'm not entirely sure that that's the case. Um, and also each vaccine may be different. So anyway, they're producing them pretty rapidly. Um, and so of course that's a very of the times visit. Um, and then he also visited the, I'm going to say St. Winifred's well, which is a pilgrimage site for the Catholic church. So apparently the water within this well have healing power, uh, miraculous healing powers given by God. I don't quite the, anyway, that's what it says. That's the the story. That's the thing. Um, I certainly don't want to offend anyone or anything like that, but that's what it says. Um, and so he was shown around the site by a, cart, a bishop or archbishop or, again, I talked about this last week. You guys, I don't understand 
the Catholic Church, like, hierarchy. Like, I get Pope and Cardinal, but then after that, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, so anyway, he was shown around by a priest of the site, and then he was also able to meet with children at the school attached to the, the church, um, so the St. Winifred School, uh, where he was able to meet with a small group of students at the location. Um, and so a good first day of the Wales Week, I, you know, I kind of remember just in, I've started doing this thing where I listen to the podcast that I did a year ago, uh, which is super cringe and please don't, <laughs> please don't do it with me. Um, because ouch, um, they, they were starting to get <laughs> better by this point. Um, but anyway, I had one called the Prince of Wales and Wales, and that was very much like Wales week, but I didn't at the time didn't really put two and two together because there wasn't a Scotland week last year. So, but it makes a lot more sense now. Like, I also think there's a Cornwall week that we'll see at some point. Um, but anyway, so that is where the British Royal family is at today. I expect Wales week will continue, uh, throughout the week and we will see if anything else pops up. I do, like I said, I do kind of expect, um, at least, well now, I expect at least William to go to the England-Denmark game, but that's on Wednesday. Um, I don't think he'll be at the game tomorrow, but he could because he's the president of the Football Association. You know, we'll just see. Um, so anyway, that is what is going on in the UK. So now we are moving over to the Dutch royal family. Well, it was state visit day one for the Dutch royal family to Germany and you guys <laughs> this was so fun um so I, I will say it because and this is like an ongoing problem that I'm try that I have solved a little bit but still not perfectly um because I can't, I don't know the right resources, all the right resources to follow as closely as I do, say, the Spanish Royals or the British Royals. Um, I don't, I was pretty up to date on everything happening. Like, I kind of knew what was going on when. Um, but I certainly still felt like I was behind all day. Um, but even just, like, going through the social media feeds when I envisioned this podcast um this is of course the thing that I saw right like I wanted to talk about state visits and I wanted to not really talk about the fashion but like maybe um but like talk about the pomp and circumstance around being a royal and then I got we had one state visit 
strangely enough, it was the Dutch royal family. And then the day they got back, COVID really, like, started to hit um, where I lived, but also, like, in Europe. Because it kind of happened at the same time, like, my state that I live in, um, I think I have mentioned this, I live in Ohio, um, is very, was very quick to respond. So we were doing a lot of things, maybe like two or three days behind Europe. There were some U.S. states and the federal government really never got on board, um, but there were some states that weren't doing anything right away. But we were kind of just constantly behind Europe, like a couple days. Um, so I think like Europe went into lockdown more intensely on like the 12th. And for us, it happened like the 15th. Like, oh, okay, things are getting serious. This is what we're doing now. Um, like, I think that's when kids started stopped going to school and stuff like that. Um, so that was King William Alexander and Queen Maxima re- returned from Indonesia on like the 12th of March. <coughs> and I didn't really, I was so new to the podcast and so new to like figuring this all out for each royal family that I did fine. Like I was able to find the right resources enough. Um, but it didn't like listening back now, it feels really bizarre. Also, there were some like strange extenuating circumstances in that um, event that like prevented it from being something like today was, um, which makes like going back, it makes perfect sense. Um, and so this is technically the second outgoing state visit, but the Spanish one to Andorra was fine and lovely, but it was a day and a half. Um, this is three pretty much full days, I think. Like, there's going to be a lot going on. Um, so the way I want to do this, I think, is I want to talk about each event, um, and go into some detail on a few of the events, like not a ton of detail, but some, um, because I will be very honest. There are one, two, three, four, five, six parts of this event, like day one. Um, it's a lot and I loved it, but it's a lot. So I won't go into detail on all six events, but I will go into detail on like three or four. So They arrived by plane to Berlin this morning uh, with the pilot being the king himself because I've talked about this. It's my favorite royal fun fact is that King Willem Alexander is also a pilot, like has a day job, kind of. I mean, it's a very, like, very mild, like, very, very, very part-time day job. Like, I would say more of like a fill-in kind of thing um, where he maybe flies like used to fly like one weekend a month or something. Um, but he is a pilot and so frequently will fly himself to state visits if they are relatively close. Um, I don't think he flew to the one in Indonesia a year ago. Um, but within Europe he does, he will fly, um, himself, which I just kind of love a little bit. Um, it's something he loves doing and I love that he has found a way to like make it fit in with his duties as king. Like it's awesome. Um, so that was fun. And then it was pouring down rain, which was really sad, but the pictures of them, them getting off the plane in an umbrella 
under an umbrella just are like goals like I don't know why I love some royals under umbrellas but like I love them all um they're just really great anyway it's like a photo like it's just a photogenic way to do something I guess I don't know um so after they arrived, they then attended the official welcome ceremony at Bellevue Palace, which is the home of the federal president of Germany. So that is going to be someone more along like a prime minister line. Um, so Germany's a republic. The chancellor is their like, if you're from the States, the chancellor is like their president. Uh, actually, that's a really bad example. Um, Portugal is a good example. Portugal has a president and a prime minister. France has a president and a prime minister. Um, so, like, those two countries are very similar to Germany, where Angela Merkel is the chancellor, and then um, President Steinmeier is, like, the prime minister type of job. Um, so, that happened, and so this is, like, the official welcome ceremony. There's a um, official kind of military style welcome, um, review of the guard, etc. This, from what I'm learning, is ha happens in pretty much every state visit that I've seen, um, which is not many. Remember, it's like four. We've had a f total of four state visits since I started this podcast. So anyway, um, that was next, um, and it was the federal president and his wife, um, and Will Alexander and Maxima. And then after the official welcome ceremony, King Willem Alexander and President Steinmeier visited the Anne Frank Center, um, which is the partner site to the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam. Um, so I recently talked about this, um, but if you're newer to the podcast, uh, Anne Frank, who is a historically famous um, victim of the Holocaust, um, who wrote a diary when she was living in an attic, um, hiding from the Nazis in Amsterdam. So she is Dutch or was Dutch. Um, she lived in Amsterdam and Amsterdam and the Netherlands became, um, Nazi occupied territory. And so Nazi rules began to apply there. Um, and so her and her family lived in an attic. Um, and then were discovered and it was a horrible fate. Um, and so there's the Anne Frank House, which is in Amsterdam, um, and is a museum to ultimately prevent anti-Semitism anti and uh, any kind of discrimination, but specifically anti-Semitic uh, discrimination. And then there are partner sites. So there's an Anne Frank Center in Berlin, and there's an Anne Frank Center in, I think it's in New York, um, that are used in uh, ways to provide uh, young people with ways um, to prevent anti-Semitism. So this is, um, you know, and obviously Germany Nazi Ger Germany was, of course, the land of, like, where this all, where the Nazis were from and, like, where it started to develop. But anti-Semitism is not a German-specific thing. 
uh, clearly because it still happens. Um, and, you know, it's something for me, I don't, <clears throat> I don't understand it because I just, like, that's just not in my personality to even, like, everyone is who they are and, like, that's it. Now, that's not the best way to be. Um, like, I... I, j I don't understand where people are coming from when they're anti-Semitic, for sure. But, like, I also don't educate myself on how to prevent that, which is a fault. Um, it is definitely something that is not just specific to anti-Semitism for me. It's kind of everything. Like, because I don't act that way, I don't, I haven't previously educated myself on a lot of the issues. Um, I'm getting better but I'm definitely nowhere near perfect at this. Um, but anyway, I of course think um, Anne Frank is a really, um, her story, her life is even now, um, I read and watched as a child, there was a movie made about it um, and I really related to her because Right, like she was a 13 year old, like she's a child going through something, but at the end of the day, she's still a child. Um, and so, using her life and her story is a really good way to demonstrate how our behavior can impact others. Um, and so, amazing. And I, um, I think, like, you know, again, just kind of a like. Germany uses its horrible past for good um, because obviously the Nazis are no longer in charge of Germany um, and so owning and owning those mistakes of forefathers and learning from them and teaching others how to be better. Um, I think is what that was all about. Um, and I love that. So, um, while that was happening, uh, Queen Maxima attended a signing ceremony at the Dutch embassy, um, with a Dutch, uh, for a Dutch German cooperation agreement in the field of childhood cancer awareness. Um, and then, uh, the next event was, uh, Wilma Alexander and Maxima laying a wreath at the new wash, which is called, which is in English, the new guard. Um, and it serves as a memorial to victims of war and violence. Um, and this is something I think probably happens at every foreign visit to Germany. Like if you're there for longer than a couple of hours or so, um, you lay a wreath at the new guard, um, and in sp specifically in front of, um, a specific sculpture, which is, um, a mother in with her dead child. It's very, very sad. Um, because I remember like last, maybe November or so, um, maybe earlier than that, I can't quite remember, but the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall visited Germany, um, 
for a couple for a day maybe even um, but they did lay a wreath at the same place so I think it's just kind of like a one of the places you lay a wreath um, at so um, that was the next event and then they took it so for daytime events the last thing they did was um, visit the Berlin City Hall um, and then meet with the mayor of Berlin for a photo call at the Bradenburg Gate, which is an iconic spot. And I, this is so bad. I say it's iconic and I'm like, because I'm 99% sure it's part of the wall, like the Berlin Wall. Um, but I'm not, like it's now a memorial to that time. Um, but I'm not 100% sure of that. I'm like, 98% confident. Um, and then they met with the mayor, signed the, the book of visitors at the city hall, um, and also took part in a discussion about the collaboration between the Netherlands and Germany during the pandemic. Um, and then finally, it was gala banquet time. And you guys, we have a tiara. It is the first tiara event in at least 15 months. I didn't actually go back and do the research on if Maxima wore one during her state visit to Indonesia or not. Um, but at least 15 months since we've seen a tiara. And it was glorious. Um, you know, it. I knew because I was so disappointed when it wasn't a full gala state dinner in Spain when the South Korean president came. Um, I knew I was going to be like very excited about our first tiara event, but man, just to see one and to like see it sparkle and like Maxima has the best tiaras, I swear. Um, and she rocks them. I would say almost the best, like she does really great tiara hair. Like she has, it's proportionate, it's perfect. And like she wore a big one. Um, so she wore the Stuart tiara, which is, um, a very large, completely diamond tiara. It's huge. Um, she has modded, like, I don't know how many versions of it there were before she got her hands on it, but now she has worn it, uh, a different way each time we've seen it. Um, so it's been modified in like jewels are typically in a lot of tiaras, jewels are removable. Um, so it's been really interesting to see her combinations that she's done so far. I think this one is possibly my favorite um, because it's smaller, but like still just as grand. Um, and so that was the big like story for me was just the, oh my God, it's a tiara. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, and it was sparkly and I just couldn't get past the fact that there was a tiara again because... 18 months ago when I started this, that's what I wanted. And I got, I got it twice. And then we went into a pandemic. And one of the times that I saw it, it was in an official picture. Like that was it. Like it wasn't like a video or anything. So we've got it, I've gotten like twice. Um, so this was, this was really great. Um, and so that was the end of day one. There is still a busy schedule tomorrow as well. Um, and then... I'm actually not sure what the schedule on the 7th looks like, but anyway. Um, so that is 
our Dutch royal family events. I am now, we are going to go ahead and move in to the Spanish royal family. I'm probably going to talk for like 10 minutes about Spain. So just about 10 more minutes of a podcast. Um, we'll, we'll see. I knew this, these couple of days were going to be kind of busy. Um, but with that, let's go over to the Spanish royal family. are ending this episode with King Felipe's event today. Um, so Spain is really great in that they release their calendar uh, a week ahead. So on every Friday, they release their calendar for the next week. So I've known that this event was coming for a couple of days, so I was able to do some preliminary research. Um, but today, King Felipe attended the opening session for the World Jurist Association event in Madrid. Um, which has a headquarters in Madrid and in New York, um, but it is a global collaboration of uh, judges and legal people, not necessarily attorneys, but like people who do great judge and advocate work. Um, And so today's event included a tribute... (laughs) to U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so, like I said, I've known this event was coming for a few days, and I'm very glad because for those who don't know, I am a vocally liberal American um, who was devastated and panicked the day Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. And I'm certainly not alone in that. Um, But it was really, really hard. And, you know, I say that as an American who we were living in the throes of the hardest presidential election probably ever, um, but very at least in more modern times. Um, it was, it was a hard one and it took an emotional toll on everyone, no matter what side you stood on. Like it just did. And RBG dying right before the election and knowing what was going to happen. And ultimately of course, what did happen with the rushed, uh, Supreme court nomination and, uh, promotion, that has yet to, but could very soon have incredibly hard consequences. Um, I mean, it's had some, but like, not really, uh, not the one that everyone is panicked and worried about yet. Um, so to know that in my non, in my completely biased mind, my favorite royal family and my favorite king for sure um 
would be attending an event honoring someone who's so important to me and so many Americans was, I'm not going to lie, really was like, how am I going to do this? Um, because I knew it was going to be like a big thing for me. And it was. Uh, the good news is it also fell on a state visit, like a state visit and with the Netherlands. And so I didn't, I got to watch it all, but I didn't get to like reflect on it that much. Um, so anyway, um, in February of 2020, so a year ago, uh, Justice Ginsburg was given the World Jurist Association World and Peace Liberty Award, uh, which is a award that was also given to King Felipe a year, uh, a year before in 2019 for his commitment to Spain's democracy. Um, and for Justice Ginsburg, it was to the uh, Constitution of the United States, to feminist ideas, um, and the equality of women, and various other amazing things that she has done. Um, and so, this year, the World Jurist Association created the WJA Ruth Bader Ginsburg Medal of Honor Award, uh, which is given to women who are making a difference in the world, jurist, in the jurist world. Um, and so today King Felipe presented those awards alongside uh, Jane Ginsburg, who is Ruth Bader Ginsburg's daughter. And, um, and then he also took place in a discussion focused on equality, well, he was there for a discussion focused on equality and the rule of law. It was a round table that he was in the audience for. And then after that, he and the president of the World Jurist Association in Madrid both gave speeches um, in which they honored really the, <clears throat> in King Felipe specifically, the constitution and the role in which he and various other sections of the government play. Um, and it was just like a really big deal. And I think it's a bigger deal to me because of who RBG is um, and how much respect uh, I have for her and how devastated I was when she passed. Um, and also, like, for me, the fear and the panic that set in the day she passed, um, that set a lot of balls in motion for me in terms of, like, I will not um, go through that anxiety again. I, For those of you who were here during the election, not a lot of you stayed, which I don't blame you for. Um, I was a mess. I was having mental health breakdowns every other day. I was a mess. And so, like, this all culminated and got really bad after her passing for me. Um, and so I think just, like, that effect uh, and just her importance in general was, like, a big, a big, is a big deal to me. Um, and so having this happen in Spain, which is, you know, where I kind of want to make my life uh, at some point, and I don't know, it just felt very, uh, not that it was about me at all, but like for me it felt very personal, um, and I, I kind of loved it. 
so that was King Felipe's event. Uh, I knew I was going to talk a long time about it because it was a big, important event to me. Um, and also, like, in a normal day when we don't have a state visit um, and a bunch of other things happening, like, this would for sure be the biggest event of a day. But, of course, because we're living in the week that we are, um, it was the probably this, one of the smallest events of the day, but had a huge impact on me. So, anyway, that is what was going on in Spain. Um, that is where we are going to end our episode today. I will, of course, be posting pictures, um, on thedailyroyal.com, as well as pretty good description of events. Um, and then I will also post event, uh, photos on Instagram, the Daily Royal as well over there. Um, and then if you would like to check out this episode on YouTube, you can do that at Daily Royal Podcast is the channel. Um, I still haven't figured out if the Daily Royal is available. That is probably going to be something I do in August, in all honesty, because um, I am kind of transitioning to something new tomorrow in terms of like my schedule again. Um, I told you guys, this is how it's going to be all summer. Like I'll get used to a routine and schedule and then something will change. So that's happening tomorrow is the start of a new transition. Um, hopefully it all works out perfectly. And yeah. Um, also tomorrow we're going to talk about some football just so you all know, cause it's Spain and Italy and there's no way I'm not going to be able to talk about that game. So that's what you have to look forward to tomorrow to tomorrow, as well as day two of the Netherlands visiting Germany. Um, and hopefully some other things. So with that, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Bye.